All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is only the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah Jalla Wala that today, the 28th of Rajab 1440, we continue with the tafsir of the Noble Qur'an and the synopsis of it. Surah Al-Talaq, chapter number 65 of the Noble Qur'an. It was revealed in Medina Munawwara, meaning after the hijrah and migration of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to Medina Munawwara. Talaq refers to divorce. And we should remember in Islam, the first option, second option should always be to make the home and not to break the home. وَلَا تَنْسَهُ الْفَضْلَ بَيْنَكُمْ Do not forget the grace among yourself, the great moments you enjoyed. Like how yesterday our brother, brother Junaid Khan, and you know Abu Yusuf we call him, and my brother Dawood, and we thank our engineer day in Durban, Riyadh Hussein, they did me a big favor here yesterday. So may Almighty Allah Jalla Wala reward them. So similarly that what we should do is this, always look at the positive between husband and wife. Once you're going to look at the faults of your wife, you're going to look at the faults of your husband, then that would be a recipe for disaster. Look at the good and inshallah, all might inshallah means God willing, Allah willing, that the love will increase, the marriage will flourish. But sometimes it happens that they are not compatible to one another and now you give talaq and divorce. So when you issue the divorce, this is what Quran Karim states, Ya Yuan Nabi, O Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Islam, if you look at the methodology, the style, the diction of the Noble Quran, Allah Jalla Wala is addressing Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the word and the verb used after that, when you, the Ummah, you, the international community and followers, when you issue talaq to your wives, then issue one talaq, and that is in the state of cleanliness where you did not fulfill the conjugal rights of your wife, and then the iddat and the waiting period will be three menses. So it shows that Islam has even showed us how to do, what to do, when to do. And remember the aim is that within that waiting period, فَأَمْسِكُوهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ فَارِقُوهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ you take her back within those three menses, then remember you only have two divorces left, so Allah is giving you a second chance. So it shows, and if you want to release her, then it must be done without hitting, without causing a harm. Give her gifts, give her presents, and you make people witness that now this marriage is over. So that is Islam. 
And remember at all times, our happy times, our sad times. Remember there is taqwa, piety, Allah consciousness. Whoever adopts the quality of taqwa through piety, Allah consciousness, Allah will make a way out for him. And all Allah will grant him sustenance from such avenues where he never ever expected from. Now in Islam, there are three different scenarios. When the husband issued the divorce, then we will say, if the wife is pregnant, that the waiting period will finish when she gives birth and delivers the baby. (coughs) That is in Surah 65, verse number 4. And if she is a lady in a menopause, then she is 60, 70 years old, and things turn sour. So in a case like that, the iddat will be thalathatu ashur, 90 days, so three months. If the lady is in a menses, then the Hanafi school and the Hanbali school says Salatataquru, three menses, and the Shafi'i and Maliki school say that three periods of cleanliness. So see, Islam says, when you divorce your wife, then during the Iddat waiting period, you have to make arrangements for their shelter and staying, you have to make arrangements for their maintenance, all that during the Iddat period, the waiting period. Thereafter, all Allah Jalla teaches us that remember in the heavens and earth, Allah all Allah created seven heavens and seven earths as well. Now today, if you tell people, they will say where it is. So you must remember all Allah has mentioned it. We accept it because our function is yu'minuna bil ghayb. We believe in the unseen. Islam is supra-logical. It is not that things that make sense to me, I will accept it. And things that are beyond my puny little brains, then we reject it. Allah forbid nay. That is the way of the secularist. That is the way of the capitalist. We say we trust our revelation more than our reason, intelligence and common sense. So that is what Islam is all about. That the invitation to the natural home. When the car dealer, the computer dealer, they give you that CD, that manual and tell you that this is what you have to do, nobody questions it because they manufactured it. Almighty Allah created me and you and the Quran Sharif is a direct speech of all Allah. so that is the constitution and then explained and expounded by Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa anzalna ilayka dhikra litubayyina linnas we reveal to you O Mustafa ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Quran Sharif litubayyina linnas ma nuzila ilayhim so that you explain to humanity what was revealed for them wa la'allahum so that they wonder, ponder, and reflect in the message of the Noble Quran, Surah 16, the Surah to Nahal, the B, verse 44. So that is what our message is. May all, may Allah, Jalla, Allah grant us tofi.
16 minutes after 5 Central African time. We go to Cape Town. Sister Bilki says, Muftisab, please Muftisab, if the other Nabi Ummah, if the resurrection is dying, as I heard on the talk last night, Muftisab, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went in Mi'raj and he met Nabi Adam, Hazrat Nabi Adam, and Nabi looked at his right side, he was happy. And when Nabi Adam looked at his left side, Nabi Adam was sad because his people were in Jahannam. Please explain to start. Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala regarding prophethood made an evolutionary process, meaning that Nabi Adam salam was the first and the masterpiece to be created by Almighty Allah. Almighty Allah created this creation in six days, and that is starting on Saturday, ending on Thursday, and the hadith six days is mentioned in the Quran, fi sittati ayyam wa ma and no fatigue, no tiredness touched us. We know when you study Christianity, they say it was from Monday to Saturday, and Sunday God was tired, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, and He took a rest. So that is blasphemous as far as we Muslims are concerned. So remember that Allah Ta'ala transcends and is above every weakness, shortcoming, and every flaw, F-L-A-W. So we must remember that. So that is why we say that Allah Jalla wa Allah on Friday created the masterpiece Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Nevertheless, so Nabi Adam salam looked at his progeny and saw that the Nabi that will have the greatest amount of followers was, is, will always be Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is logical. Every Nabi, prophet, messenger came. They came for a restricted time, a particular place. And Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam came for the entire creation of all men. We sent you, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Sallam, as a mercy for every creation of all, Allah. Inni Rasulullah Ilaykum Jamia. I am the messenger of all, Allah, for all of you. So therefore, it is something natural that he felt sad, but he felt happy that he met Mustafa Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that is the real meaning of it. Ustad, is somebody asking the question here? He says, Assalamu alaikum, Muftisab. My husband gambles, don't provide for the family at all. Wife told him to move out of the house. Is there any blame on her doing this, Ustad? 100%, that is my advice to you. You need to evict him, kick him out of the house. He is a liability. Tomorrow he will steal your jewelry, your wealth for his addiction of gambling. So you as the wife, you as the children have all the right to evict him and tell him go lead your own life. Instead of you supporting us, that is the wife and the children, now you are going and busting this money in the casinos and so forth. So therefore it's 100% permissible for the wife, the children to tell him to go and lead his own life once he sorts his life out he makes toba he repents and so forth he turns and you leave then he can come back and reconcile with the wife and children alternatively the wife can go to the ulama and the scholars of islam and request a fasakh annulment of marriage and the grounds will be that the husband is not paying any nafaka any maintenance so that is a definite valid ground for the wife to be granted a fasakh and an annulment of marriage. Hmm.
Subhanallah, subhanallah. Well, so let us go to Zimbabwe. Somebody's asking, Muftisab. Sometimes I bleed during wudu. Red spit comes out. I intentionally keep the spit inside my mouth and swallow it knowing that if I spit it out, my wudu will break and I will miss my salah with jamaat. Is this action of mine correct? Is my salah valid to start? It depends. There are different scenarios here. If this happens all the time, continuously and so forth, then you will be <coughs> then you will be considered as a ma'azur, a person who has a valid excuse. So in a case like that, if this happens continuously or 99% of the time, so you just perform one hudu after the time of that particular salat is entered. And then, for example, now Fajr time, you make wudu, Zuhur time, you make wudu, Asr time, you make wudu. So every salat time, the mass time, you perform a fresh wudu, and then you continue. And even if the spit comes out, you don't have to worry because you will be classified as a ma'azur, a person with a valid excuse. Like people, they have the men, some of them, they have salasul bowl, plumbing problem you know urine drops or the woman they are mustahaza it's not their menses but they have a spotting problem or a bleeding problem so you call it istihada so therefore these people men women they considered as ma'zur However, if it is not all the time and most of the time and so forth, occasionally it's happening, then yes, according to Hanafis only, only Hanafis will say that your huzu will break and according to Shafis, Malikis, Ambalis, your huzu is still valid and will not break. So therefore, my advice to you will be they'd rather spit everything out, make huzu if you are following the Hanafi school and then continue. But if you know that you can manage nicely without spitting it out, so it's fine. You just continue with your salat. Mm. Ustad, uh, let us go to, uh, this is Blackburn. The brother says a Muslim lady is very sick, Muftisab. Urgent notice. The doctors have, give, have given up hope. She is surviving on oxygen only, Muftisab. Her sons want to remove the oxygen mask. This will surely cause her death immediately. Are they allowed in Sharia to remove the oxygen? Under what conditions are they allowed to remove the oxygen, Ustad? Tell the children they must make mashura and have a quick consultation. And if that is their decision, Islamically it is acceptable. I did it for my brother also in 2002. Allah grant all the marhumin, Jannatul Firdaus. So what you need to do is this. Tell the family day in Blackburn. They must read for their father, mother, brother, sister, whoever it is who is critically ill. Allahumma in kanatil hayatu khayrallahu fahihi. Ya Allah, if life is better for this person, give life. Wa in kanatil wafatu khayrallahu fatawafahu. Ya Allah, if death is better for this person, give death. So that's the first dua they should make. Second dua, yes, they can remove the ventilator, the oxygen, whatever they are using, so there'll be no sun up on them. Third one, tell the entire family to read in abundance La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min al-zalimeen and inshallah all Allah will make things easy for the person who's critically ill and for the family. And laqinu mawtakum bila ilaha illa Allah. The hadith in Bulughul Maran, Mishkat Sharif Mustad Ahmad, they tell somebody there from the family to go and read in the ear of their 
that person, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, and keep on reading it, inshallah, because it seems to be the last moments of this person here. May all, and tell the family to give out some pounds, some pounds and some charity, and Allah Jalla wa will envelope that person in his special mercy. Let us go to Washington, D.C. This is Brother Michael. He says, uh, respected Mufti, yesterday at work we had a very, very, very terrible argument, a bad argument, and I told him to listen to Merkaz Sahaba. But we Americans, we all are one-track-minded. My question to you is, Mufti, why do we Americans and all the presidents that comes in, they feel that you all Muslims, oh, we Muslims are always terrorists. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, I see George Washington, Barack Obama, Donald Trump. Could you please explain it to me? This is Brother Michael. Why do we Americans, we believe that all Muslims are terrorists? Ustad. Yes, my brother Michael, Mike Mikael, my brother, you asked a very pertinent mm. question. Three parts to that question. You see, the first thing you need to ask yourself, who put the president there? The people who put the president were the people who raised the greatest amount of money. And then, so your president has to dance to their tune. You ask yourself, who has the greatest power in your America, in your constitution? Is it the president himself or is it the Congress? You know very well what is the answer. Number two. When did Islam become the target for the American presidents, as you rightly mentioned? You must remember all this happened after the collapse of the Soviet Union. When I was in school 50 years ago, here in South Africa, under the white minority regime, the apartheid regime, so we were taught that the worst people on this earth are the Russians and the communists, because that is what America told the world. And then 9-11 took place. So remember, then they said the worst people on this earth are the Muslims. And now that is big money for them. Mm. Then you must remember why, I won't say all like you're saying, we will just change one word. We will say why a majority of Americans, you understand, one-track mind to use your word. You must remember that they are day and night given the news and breaking news by the mass media, your CNN, your Fox, and whatever. So many other channels they are there. So you must remember that now between Trump and CNN, things are not so rosy and cozy, but you find what Fox is very rosy. So that is how things go. So if you just read, so I don't watch all these things, but I read abundantly. I love all these things. So I have a passion for it. So these are the reasons. So my brother, that, and they want to prop up the, um, the Israeli apartheid regime. Israel buys their vote. APEC is very powerful lobby. Mm. So you must remember that you see what they are doing with Ilham Umar and so forth. So she is being targeted because she's a Muslim. Once you start speaking the truth, then you must remember you get targeted. I'm asking you three questions. How come if Muslims are the biggest terrorists and so forth, so many people are embracing Islam in Europe, in America, and so many parts of the world. I'm asking you. Second one is this. Compare your state terrorism, compare the state terrorism of Israel to any terrorism of other country. What you have done. How many countries you brought about regime change. Now see the crime committed in Venezuela. I was in Venezuela. 
that country's petrol was the cheapest in the world. But what has happened? That, remember, because it's no more a holy war, it's an oily war. So therefore they want the resources, like our African puppet regimes. So they will sell everything, what's happening in Congo, what's happening in other parts of Africa. Because the regime that is the so-called government, they will have millions and billions of dollars and the people will be starving. So that is what they want. So you see, they speak of regime change. When they had Chavez there, things were running smooth. Because if you remember your history in United Nations, you know what Chavez said. When George Bush spoke, George W. Bush, he said, Lucifer was here just now. You know Lucifer, Michael? He said, the Satan was here just now, and I can still smell the Satan. So you must remember these type of things. So you needed a strong ruler, and in that way there, the people will benefit. But when you have agents of the West, then look at what they're doing now. They want to steal more land from Syria and take the Golan Heights for the apartheid regime of Israel. So what do you expect? Who is doing this terrorism? Is it not state terrorism on behalf of apartheid Israel? Is it not not state terrorism? You keep the people in Guantanamo Bay without due process. You waterboard them. You torture them. So come on, Michael. (laughs) Tell your people to open their eyes and mind. Be an independent thinker. Be a critical thinker. Don't be like the masses who are asses. (laughs) Allahu Akbar. How fast uh, five uh, spot on? I see Heidelberg says they want uh, the podcast of this question of our beloved brother Michael from Washington, D.C. He says, quickly says, respected Mufti, how do we change the mindset of uh, all our presidents that are coming in for America? Donald Trump, said, how do we change their mindset? You have to vote for justice, my brother. And then only things can happen. But because the establishment is very, very powerful, so remember they have the veto, they have the dollars, they have the influence. So the best way is that you must go to people and speak to them. Get like-minded people and you form your own lobby. And that is, it is a gradual process. It will not happen in one year, two years. But remember, you need the alternative press who is looking for justice and is looking for true politics and true news, not fake news. Mm. Allahu Akbar. Ustad, let us go to uh, Maputo. Uh, Ustad, my father passed away a few years ago, leaving behind only some properties. Now we are in the process of dissolving it. Uh, these properties, uh, surviving members of our family are wife, that is our mother, three brothers, uh, of course, one wife, our mother, three brothers, one sister. Also, one brother separate from the three brothers, meaning we were four brothers. He passed away a few years after our father. This brother had a wife but no children. Please advise how the shares, according to Sharia Ustad. So when your father passed away, we need to look at that time there, what was the status quo. So remember in Islam, the first thing that will happen will be the funeral expenses. Second will be the deaths of the deceased. Third will be the wasiyah, that is what you bequeath for none heirs, and the maximum is one third of the total estate. And the fourth one will be the shares of the heirs. According to your question, I was listening to it carefully, that now you are winding up the estate. Mm. So in a case like this, so the wife will receive 12.5%. 
Your one brother, that is the son of the deceased, he passed away after the father. If that is the case, then remember it means that at the time of your father's demise, you all were four sons and one daughter. So the remainder and residue, 87.5%, so you will make nine shares. So how will you make nine shares? There are two, two shares for the four sons, so that is eight shares, and one share for the daughter. So that is what you do. Now that son who passed away, his share, remember, will go to his wife and his children. So that is how you will wind up the estate. So 12.5% for the wife, the remainder residue, nine shares, and two, two shares for each son. So that gives you eight shares, one share for the daughter, and that brother of yours, the son of the deceased, he or passed away after his father, so his share will go to his heirs, namely that it will go to his wife, and it will go, remember, to his mother, so the mother, his, his wife will get 12.5%, mother will get one-sixth, and the residue will go to the children, ratio two to one for sons and daughters. Mm, subhanallah. 27 minutes uh, to six, uh, I see uh, Brother Michael says, uh, respected Mufti, you do know your history. I see quite well. Uh, this is from Washington, D.C., Michael. Uh, Ustad, uh, let's go to UK. Uh, a sister wants to know on menstruating days, should a woman continue wazifa or she should stop? No, she should continue all the rabbanas you are reading during your menses you read, the four kuls you want to read, aital kursi you want to read. When you sisters are in menses, there's no salat. Your namaz is waved off. So that is forgiven. There is no Quran tilawat. You can't read Quran. So when I told you now, you read the Aital Kursi for Kuls, you don't make intention of tilawat of Quran, then you make intention of dua and supplication. There is no tawaf. You are in Makkah Mukarramah. You can't perform tawaf, go round the Baytullah. You can't enter any masjid, any mosque. You will not enter whilst you are in that state of menses. No husband-wife relationship whilst you're in your menses. You wives, whilst you are in your menses, the portion between your navel and your knees must be covered. That is compulsory. The husband can touch below the knees, the calf and all that skin to skin. Above the navel, the bosom, the breast, all that, the back, all that, they can touch skin to skin. But between the navel and knees, no skin to skin. Remember, that will be focal izar, above the cloth and the garment. The hadith is mentioned in Abu Dawood. So these are the basic rules you sisters should know. Usada, your Juma inshallah this week? Yes, inshallah. Today, inshallah, I'll be leaving for Pretoria. And then we have lessons there in the Darussalam Masjid Center, inshallah. And tonight in Lane, inshallah, after Isha, we have a program. And then tomorrow, inshallah, for the Juma in Masjid Nur, the CIS Masjid in Lodium. So that will be our program, inshallah, for today and tomorrow. May all, may Allah, Jalla wala, accept it, make it easy. Make dua for the Ummah at large. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.